We are thrilled to be joined here by Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter here with us today on Speaking of Strong Style to Talk G1. David, it's an honor to get to talk to you about this tournament. Uh, in a year in which we've seen some of the best wrestling we've seen in a very long time, thinking about the N1, the Five Star, and now the G1, the best might be yet to come. And so we're thrilled to have you here to talk about it. Thanks for taking the time. Oh, yeah, no problem. Dave, so, uh, I have a question for you to start out. Um, last year at the G1, we had a match of the year candidate with Okada and Osprey just blowing, blowing everybody out of the water. Since then, we've had a huge shift in New Japan. Uh, factions dissolving, people leaving. Uh, we got the Strong Style faction. We got the Just Five guys. Uh, Suzuki Goon is gone. Finley is in charge of Bullet Club. What's your takeaway on uh, the Three Musketeers? What's your takeaway on all the new stuff that they've done? How do you feel about it? What's your general vibe about the future of New Japan right now? I feel like everything's kind of in its infancy in the sense that it feels like it's a rebuilding year. Like we're not where we where it should be, or I say it should be, but we're it's we're not where we were at at peak periods because everything. I think in this this year, a lot of things have kind of started from scratch with like, the, the, you know, the Bullet Club is essentially almost like a new group. Mm -hmm. Just Five Guys is a new group. And it's kind of like rebuilding these this this these stables and everything like that to where in time these, you know, you have a lot, a lot of new guys that are out there that I think that they want to make into real main eventers. Um, but it's going to take a while to get them there you can see the building blocks happening um it's i feel it's very much a rebuilding period for new japan so speaking of building up somebody new here now sonata isn't new uh but he is the iwgp world heavyweight champion they've always treated sonata as a star but not at this level before this is his first yep. run with the big belt do you feel that he is a top level guy in the way that Naito or Okada is and always have been? And, and, but, and what does this tournament mean for him? I mean, can his performance change the perception of him as the champion? Because it seems like he has some work to do. He has work to do. I mean, number one, he's been a guy who was, um, you know, a tag team guy for years and years and years. And then they, as a singles guy, he was the guy who comes close, you know, gets a world title match every year or so and, and loses and often in a very good match, but he's not perceived, you know, like whatever the big four, he was never part of that. And I, I think that it's still not at that level. I mean, I look at him in this tournament and he comes out or when he was on forbidden door, um, even with the belt, it's like, he's not Will Ospreay. He's not Okada. He's not Tanahashi even um, as far as like just reaction or even maybe Zach, you know, and other people, Naito, of course. So it's, um, I mean, he has the ability to have good matches, but, you know, in this tournament, most of the guys do. It's just a question of getting them over and getting them to the, the, the next level. And I mean, for him, if he went in there and had these dynamite performances match after match, like Okada did when he first got over, um, yes, it would help him a lot. And so far from what I've seen, um, it's, it hasn't happened yet. You know, I mean, his, his match today was, was good. You know, I mean, it was definitely a good match, but it wasn't the blow away. I mean, he needs to be in that blow away match of the tournament. And, you know, when, when he loses, if he loses in the tournament, it needs to be this big thing. We're early, too. But, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, no, I mean, you know, some people can walk in and, and win the belt 
you know, because they've had so much time of being built at that level, like let's say Kenny Omega, just as an example, when he came in with the belt, it was like a big, big, big deal. Right. Um, um, when Naito won it the first time, it was a big deal, but he lost it quickly, but it certainly drew. And, um, with Sonata, no, it's not there. It, it sort of reminded me of when Evil was champion. You know, when Evil was champion. Of course, that was during the pandemic. So it was very, very hard for him. But I also feel like he had it and he was not a success either. Hmm. So, of course, this is a very intricately booked tournament. And Ghetto likes to make it tough on himself, Ghetto being the New Japan booker. This idea of having four blocks and two guys advancing. And this is... Yeah. Uh, a totally different format uh, for this one and very complicated. Uh, he, he just, uh, I guess he likes a challenge then because he's got, a, he's got a lot to figure out here. I've been spending my time trying to reverse engineer this from the, you know, just because we know, uh, you know, a one faces C two and things. And I, I right. spent an embarrassing amount of time trying to figure out how all I mean, that I, was going to come. I kind of think like uh, the first and the seconds, you know, in each block are, you know, I mean, like you can kind of look and get a lot of them right, I think. But who's going to be first and who's going to be second is a, is a that's a shot in the dark. Right. It really is. Right. So we are back to a lot of people might not realize this, but this is the first G1 with cheering because Japan really didn't incorporate the cheering until just a few months ago. How much is that going to change the perception of the G1 this year, do you think, as opposed to the last few years? Where there wasn't the cheering and the the feedback kind of displayed that with uh, the stateside crowd. Um, it helps, of course, but I think the thing that I've noticed so far is is in my opinion, the thirty two guys is a mistake because it's it's the depth is not there, and I think people want what I've seen with the you know from the, especially from the first two nights is that people want a G1 where every match is great. And what we're having is a G1 where, you know, there's a couple of really good matches every show. Um, but there's a lot of matches that are just kind of, and guys that are just kind of there where you just go, okay, whatever. You know, like you know, like a Mikey Nichols or a Chase Owens, just as an example. Um, even Hikaleo, you know, I know who I know is a project for the future and everything like that. But it just feels like these type of guys, they're, they're out there, but nobody really... Um, sees them as, you know, people don't stop and go, I got to watch this match. You know, like, whereas in other years, it was like, if there was like eight matches on the show, there were six of those matches. Then you'd have the Toriano match, which is a com completely different thing, which was okay because it was different from the other matches. Now you have, you know, what I would call, I mean, and they're, they're fine matches. Um, and, and sometimes they're, they're kind of scary, but it's, it's like, I think people are, um, I think people, instead of watching like every match in the tournament, I'm, I'm sensing people are picking and choosing like to watch two or three matches on each day. It's also interesting with the crowds in Japan for a lot of reasons, of course, but even though they are allowed to cheer now and there aren't any restrictions on where they can sit or anything like that, we still don't have the noise we used to have. It's taken no. a while to get that back. And I, I mean, I remember going to... Uh, you know, just, just just seeing these things. I was I was in Japan in 2019. I saw a night of the N1 tournament, and I remember the noise in Corican Hall was so cool. And now you look at that, and there's still a lot of applauding and things. They haven't really gotten back into the spirit of it quite yet, which does make for an interesting atmosphere. There's some of it, but not the way there used to be. And I guess it's going to take a while for that to come back. Hopefully it will. 
and and the same thing with attendance you know i mean it's like um i mean i'm used to watching these these shows with packed crowds and like watching Sapporo and even today's show even more where it's just almost like today's show was like a good normal show crowd but but mm-hmm. not like this packed super you know like um you know um what's that, what i call atmosphere of a g1 and Sapporo i mean you saw a lot of especially the second show you saw a lot of empty seats more than you know you would see when when g1 Sapporo two days you know opening with two days of sellouts we're a long way, you know, I mean, it's that's why I say it's a rebuilding period for New Japan. And a lot of the stuff is going to take place later. And and the key is, I mean, the key to this company is, you know, I think Yoda Suji and, and to a lesser extent, Narita and, and Umino and some of these other guys. But, you know, becoming that next Okada level star and really clicking. Um, and I think that Suji is probably the best of all of them when it comes to the charisma. But you need, you know, you need that rebuilding thing. And and Umino, Umino has a look, and he's pretty good. But he his, his facial expressions aren't quite there yet, and there's still a ways to go with him. Like I don't, I think people, you know, kind of see him, but they're not like super behind him either. You know, like I've seen with some of the guys when they're on their way up, like you know Tanahashi at the same stage, people were really into his his elevation. I guess would be this the word, and. With Suji and even Narita, I don't feel the same thing. I don't think they're quite into it, but, you know, it could be something that takes more time. You know, I mean, not everyone, uh, you know, hits with the crowd at, at the same pace, obviously. At the show today, we heard the crowd. It was, inter- again, interesting. I feel like the fans are ready for this, though. I think they're anxious for it. And that, not not that they're, uh, you know, in full rebellion the way sometimes WWE fans get. But they're, what I mean by that is at the show today, the the most crowd noise the beginning of a match had was Suji and Narita. Yeah. Uh, the rest of it, yeah. and that tells me a little bit like they're excited about these guys. They are interested to see where they go. It, it, at the same time, uh, you know, Ghetto kind of gets them there and then pulls them back a little bit. Like Shota always seems to come up short right now, which is a story to tell. His his big win over one of the big four needs to be in a huge moment and things, and it's coming. But Suji, of course, debuting at Dominion and then losing. So they've they've kind of gotten excited about it and then had it yanked out from under him. So, but they're cautiously optimistic about these guys because they do seem to be reacting to them even more so than some of the more established ones. Well, it's new and you want something new. That's why I think Kiyomi is so important in this tournament because uh, it's just all new matches with a new guy who they know is good, you know, who, um, you know, had the big program with Okada earlier this year. And I think people can't wait to see. They really want, I think, Kiyomiya to advance because every. I think everyone, one of the matches everyone wants to see in this tournament is Okada and Kiyomiya. And oh, yeah. obviously they're in different blocks. Definitely mm-hmm. trying to tease that. I don't know if they actually get to that match, but it'd be pretty interesting if they got all the way to maybe like the quarterfinal teased getting to it and then pulled it away from people. Just kind of, that guy worked mm-hmm. that hard and then maybe you want to see that Okada-Kiyomiya match later on even more. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. it, could, it could be done, yeah. 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 You want to jump onto the bracket talk real quick? So, Dave, we got the A bracket. Hanada, Shota, Umino, Renarita, Yodahuji, Hikaleo, Chekhov, Gabe Kidd, and Kato Kiyomiya. Right now, it looks like Hanada and Kiyomiya might be the uh, the favorite with the bottlenecking of the three musketeers. What, uh, what, what's your take on this bracket, how it was designed, and generally the ideas behind it? Well, I mean, I think that the key was is uh, you get uh, the young guys in there with Sonata, 
Um, and, you know, they come close and tease the idea that, you know, again, someday maybe they will beat Sonata or some of the other guys. And then, um, you know, Kiyomiya, obviously the new stuff. I think Sonata and Kiyomiya are the favorites in, in the bracket. I think that's the two people people want to see go. But I think that it's important that, um, you know, Umino and Suji um, and uh, Narita, you know, I guess do like, you know, whatever it would be, four and three type of type of thing, get some wins. You know, I know they've been, they're not going to go four and three because there've been draws in there already, but get some good draws and get some good wins and, and, you know, take a few losses in the way, but at least, at least what I would say is um, one signature win from all of them and, and maybe a couple other wins. It's an interesting way to do it because they have already teased the idea that the Rayiwa Three Musketeers are going to do a round robin of twenty-minute draws with one another. And Narita's already drawn with each of the other two, right? Probably two two of the better matches in the tournament. We still have Suji versus uh, Shota to go, uh, but uh, that could be a way of those guys dropping points, so to speak, without getting pinned, uh, which could allow Kiyomiya to get in. So that's sure. A, yeah. That's a pretty slick way they could handle that, and so. Yeah, that was a uh, the the one thing too. Um, you know, you had some of the and a block B, which we're going to come to next, is uh, kind of top heavy block. It feels like there are two real front runners in this one. Of course, one of the tropes of the G one is an early loss for a major contender, and yep. we saw that on night one. And Ghetto likes to put guys behind the eight ball, make them uh, make them put them behind the uh, you know get them down early, and then so they have to run off a, a series of wins late in order to get through. So, but and often, Block- and, and, so, and sometimes get people over with a bunch of wins early and then beat them at the end. But the couple of wins early include upsets. So mm-hmm. when they don't make the final, it's still like you remember their, their surprise wins early. Mm-hmm. I feel like so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a model, uh, it's a model for that in this tournament. That well, they did with Moxley. For, John Moxley was a great right? example of that, where he just yeah, went yeah, on right. this run right. and then, and then kind of trumbled over the last, uh, stumble over the last hurdles. But in Block, boy, for a company that, still gets a lot of their money off of ticket sales. It's hard to imagine going to the quarterfinals without Okada and Will Ospreay in it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, because I think they're probably, I mean, Okada is probably the biggest draw um, with Naito, and Ospreay's probably right there, you know, right after that, I think. So, yeah, yeah, I think, um, but, but you know, they're the ones talked about. I mean, the thing with, with Osprey, obviously, is, is, you know, he's working through, I mean, they're all working through injuries, but he's working through serious injuries in this thing. And, and the idea of, um, you know, keeping him, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Keeping him healthy through this thing because of his natural instincts of trying to have these incredible matches all the time while hurt, you know, which is something he's been doing for years and years and years. You know, I mean, I've seen him so many times when he was really hurt. And then you go, well, he's, you know, he's going to have to uh, tone down for a couple of weeks. And then you watch him and he doesn't tone down. So I, uh, um, I was, I saw his new finisher today, the, yeah. the leap of faith, the corkscrew senton. And I had wondered because his arm was just kind of in rough shape, if that was a new finisher designed to kind of protect his body from uh, aggressively I, <laughs> doing that. I, I don't know because I didn't see it that way. I saw it as just a new finisher. It looked to me like um, he was trying to do the, um, you know, the the tiger driver thing and he did it. But now it's almost like maybe that's not the smart one to do and come up with another one. Because, you know, every year, every couple of years or whatever year or two, you know, he comes up like first it was, you know, um, you know, whatever it was the, the hidden, you know, the the he had the he had the one finisher what was the, the stormbreaker the, the, hidden blade no before the stormbreaker the hidden blade the stormbreaker and now we're at the new one 
And the first one was what was the one he was doing when he was a junior heavyweight? Um, oh boy, it's been a minute. Was now. It, I'm, I'm blanking on. It. Yeah, I mean, I remember, I remember it. Um, the off cutter. The off cutter, yeah. Yeah. yeah okay yeah, yeah. yeah that was his yeah. finisher now it's yeah now it's a setup move yeah 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 all right yeah well i mean i think uh they've set up a nice little uh last day drama thing with taichi because taichi they usually book fairly strong these days and uh, he has the mythical uh tiebreaker over osprey so i think they could do a thing where maybe taichi's in the mix and will osprey has to get a big win on the last night to avoid uh Taichi slipping through or something. So I feel like oh, Taichi's yeah. going to be in the mix, but I, it, it still feels like Okada and Osprey and B to me anyway. So yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, I think that's probably a good way to do it too. You know, yeah. and 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 Taichi's a good, he's a good third place guy, fourth place yeah. guy. Yeah, in that block. Yeah. Yeah, talk about a guy considered a lazy junior heavyweight a few years ago. Now he's he's really one of the more entertaining guys on the roster. And he and Shingo Takagi did great things with that King of Pro Wrestling oh, yeah. title. So uh, just a really strong couple of years from him. It's been good. Yeah, to see. Well, he, can, he, he can really he, he can really go. He can really yeah. go. You know. Yeah. All right. So we got the C block, and this is a really an open field that we got here. We got Tamatonga. We got Tomohiro Ishii. We got Shingo Takagi. We got Mikey Nichols. We got Hinare. Which oof, that was a match that happened yeah, uh eddie right. kingston david finley and evil this is the hard hitting uh hard hitting bracket and i don't mean that to be like facetious after what we saw with yeah. uh hanari michael nichols which seemed like two guys that had something to prove and not really understanding what they were trying to prove but i'm just glad everybody's okay uh how do you how do you see this bracket dave um i mean i think finley and takagi are kind of like my picks yeah. to go through i mean i you know ishii's one of those guys where he's gonna you know he, he may have the most good matches in this tournament of anyone but um i don't see him making the the the, the two a uh, kingston dark horse i think yeah. that they they might go with him to make the final eight so to speak um but i think finley i think finley's actually one of the favorites to go all the way in the tournament because he's one of those building block guys who's got He's got something. He's a very good wrestler, but I think as far as the aura of being big four, he certainly doesn't have. And I think that as leader of Bullet Club, they want him to have it. So that's why I think that Finley might do real, real well. And Takagi, of course, I think Kingston beating Takagi made me think that it's probably going to be Takagi, you know, as the other one, rather than you know to give Kingston the win now. And like you said, almost the same types of situation with with Osprey and Taichi in this one, where he's got that tiebreaker win, but. Um, you know, I mean, um, you know, Takagi's obviously you know, one of the best guys that they've got in the company, and um, it's so he'd be good to get in the final eight. I mean, the thing, Kingston, because he's the AEW rep, and they also obviously want to be good to AEW, I, I think that he, he certainly has a chance. And at, you know, at worst, I see him as like, you know, four, two, and one type of a, you know, four and three, four, two, and one, five and two type of a guy. I kind of thought that when he got that strong title that they kind of had a ceiling on him because Finley's got the never open weight title. You got uh, Shingo Takagi had the King of Pro Wrestling title and it was kind of the gimme to give him the strong title and then him have a good showing but have other guys move on to the bracket. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I think, I think that, that, that he's going to have a, a loss or two. I mean, that's the one thing when, when, you, when you watch G1 is the, all of those guys that, that have the belts – there's that loss or two, and that's your fall championship matches. Mm -hmm. And it's a, the thing that works against Ishii in this situation is 
that he's in an interesting spot and he's almost bulletproof. He can lose to anyone and he never loses face with the crowd. Like the, the fans love him the same, whether he wins or yeah. loses. So ghetto knows that and knows that, well, he doesn't have to win all the matches. You know, he, he doesn't cool off because he does a job for someone. And so in these tournaments, he tends to be the one that uh, puts people over uh, along the way. So uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think Finlay and Takagi make the most sense. Plus yeah. that it gets an easy route to Shingo versus Sonata in the quarters, which is a pretty sexy matchup. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, the other thing too with, 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 with Ishii is, is that, um, He's going to have a great match with almost everyone. So, you know, when it comes to G1, one of the key things with the crowd is is not just who wins and loses, but who really excites them in winning and losing. And, and it, no, you know, it's almost like with Ishii, it's like, yeah, we know he can lose five out of seven matches, but we also know that probably, you know, five, six out of the seven are going to be great. So it's okay. You know, it's like he gains, you know, I mean, you know, I think in a lot of ways, g1 has made his career you know and not by and he's never won a g1 and he's never been in the finals but when people look at his career they think of kenny omega match and you know yes. you know kota Ibushi match and you know i mean it, it it's tanahashi i mean like all of his greatest matches or almost all were in g1 he's mr g1 as far as bell to bell you know having those great matches g1 mvp type of thing I definitely thought that there was a possibility that we might just get a sheet in there just to like shock people and do something a little bit different than no one would uh, be expecting. But there are narrative things with other wrestlers that seems like might be the better bracket. All right, let's move on to the D bracket. We got Hiroshi Tanahashi, Hiroki Goto, Toriano, Tetsuya Naito, Zep Sabre Jr., Shane Haste, Jeff Cobb, and Alex Coughlin. Uh, it seems like this is designed for Zab Saber Jr. and Tetsuya Naito to move forward, but are there any other people in the bracket that you, you feel might have a shot? I mean, they would be my favorites. Um, I think Cobb, maybe. You know? But but Cobb beating Naito was, was one of those things where it's like, if Naito had beaten Cobb, I almost would have thought maybe Cobb, you know, even mm -hmm. more. But, I, you know, Cobb is always one of those guys who gets some really big wins in G1, but but doesn't isn't there at the end, even that year where he set the record for most consecutive wins, he didn't make the finals. Um, so, so I see something like that where he gets some good wins and, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think Naito, I think it wouldn't be good for Naito not to make the final eight. And Zach is, you know, the, that, um, you know, I mean, I, I mean, as far as the foreigners and everything like that, especially with, with, um, with Jay White gone, you know, I, I see Osprey and Zach, you know, I know they want Finley there, but I see Osprey and Zach as the two big stars. Mm. Yeah, he's a top level. Would you say, would you have Zach Saber win the bracket or Naito win the bracket? Um, that's a tough one. I mean, you know, you know, it, the thing is, is it really depends on um, what kind of things that you want to do in your, you know, and 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 everything like that, you know. But um, I mean, Naito, it is 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 you know a bigger star still. Mm -hmm. but um you know I, I you know what's funny is is it depends on i think that the guy who you want to go with from that bracket maybe you put him in second so the other guy gets the rub of finishing first but the second place guy goes the furthest in the tournament so if you want zach to go to the finals so to, let's just say have him go second if you want okay. naito to go to the finals have zach win the bracket you know so, so that's kind of you know, and, and they think like that, you know, they try to give everyone or the key people something when it's over where you can kind of say, hey, they did something good. They 
my, my guy made the finals or my guy won the bracket, you know. Which guy do you he, think would make the final if Knight or Zach? Um, I think that Zach would be the better one to make the finals as far as match quality goes. Because okay. Zach, you know, Zach, the thing with Zach is he's got that style where I'm more confident in him physically being there at the end more than some of these other guys um, where, where you're afraid they're going to break down. And that's a key part of it. Where Zach, not that Zach doesn't get hurt because everyone does, but but his style is the less conducive to a lot of, inj- you know, a lot of wear and tear compared to other guys' styles. I'm watching the way they're booking this, and Jeff Cobb reminds me of a better working version of Bad Luck Fale. And remember how Fale would always score like 10 points in the G1 yeah. year after year and always protected. And, he, and, he, and he, he gets some big wins, yeah. Yeah, and he could because he can he can credibly beat anyone in one match, right? You know, the, you can yeah. you could always buy it. You don't have to sell anybody on the idea of Jeff Cobb winning a match, but then again, he always just kind of not quite gets there. So it's it's yeah. very useful in a tournament like this. It's a great to have a guy like that 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 can do it that well. Yeah. So uh, I got a question on this one here. Uh, in 2018, this is the name that always jumps out to me. Adam Page only scored six points in the tournament, but he was kind of the guy a lot of people were talking about coming out of it. He kind of broke out in that tournament, had terrific matches all the way through. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think, I think, uh, change um, the perception of him. Change the perception of his whole career, and that's what I. Yeah. You you always look for in G1 that guy. You know, yeah. who, is there one this had, year? Well, it's too early to say. I mean, and the, the thing of this year is there's probably six or seven guys, mm. you know, um, Umino Suji, you know, um, Phantasmo, you know, I mean, guys that if they had a tournament like Adam Page could be that guy, you know, I mean, um, yeah, that that's kind of up to just, you know, again, like a guy who you just don't, you know, I mean, Adam Page didn't have a rep for being anything that great. And all of a sudden it was like, man, he's like really good. And, you know, from that point on, once AEW formed, I mean, he was top. He was a top guy in AEW from day one. All right, Dave, I took your notes of who you had picked throughout this uh, discussion. And so we're going to do a little bit of quick bracketology. Take your picks on these as we go. Okay. Sonata versus pick. Shingo. Who do you got? Sonata against Shingo. Um, in, the, in the final. So we're talking, this, is this, this is the quarterfinals? This is the quarterfinals. Man, it's hard to beat uh, Sonata in the quarters, but I think that's a great win for Shingo, and of course sets up um, Sonata and Shingo for a you know big show in October, November. So I say Shingo. Okay, round two, Okada versus Zack Saber Jr. Wow. Ooh. Oh boy. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm, I, I, I just feel that Okada is not the champion. And while it is certainly repetitive for him to win this tournament, um, you know, you're, you're talking about Wrestle Kingdom main event at a time when, you know, it's not guaranteed 40,000 or even 25,000 people. And you really want the guy who can give you the 25 to 30. Um, so Okada is one of those guys. So I'm going to go with Okada. Okay. Next, we got... David Finley versus Will Ospreay. That's a real interesting one. Um, it's like it's like Will Ospreay's never won the G1, and last year he came so close, and everybody really, you know, he did a great promo, and everyone really wanted him to win. So on that, and also, uh, I think Will Ospreay's the guy who can headline the Tokyo Dome, especially after the match, the matches with Omega. Um, so if it's me, it is Will Ospreay, but I could certainly see them going with Finley for other reasons. That's a very tough one to pick. 
All right. And then we got Naito versus Kaito Kiyomiya. Um, if, uh, if that ends up with uh, Kiyomiya winning, get, he gets a big signature win over Naito and it goes to Okada and Kiyomiya. If they can it would go to somehow... Osprey to uh, Kiyomiya. He would have to or... still go through Osprey to get to Okada. Okay. If, if it went that way, then I would say Naito. Um, okay. Because I I don't see Kiyomiya beating Osprey, and if he doesn't get to Okada, he can he can lose. Okay. We get down to Takagi versus Okada. Um, Okada. Okay, and we get to Osprey and Naito. Man, Osprey's beaten him so many times in a row <laughs> that you almost feel it's Naito's turn. So I guess, but if it's Naito, if, it, if it's Osprey's year, he has to win, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's at that stage I'd go with Osprey. Then we get back to Osprey and Okada. I would reverse last year. So yeah. I guess I got Osprey. Yeah. Osprey I, I it's I go back and forth between Osprey and Naito for the same reason. It's it's supposed to be Osprey's year. They made a point of that after the Kenny Omega match at the dome. One year, right? And then so you you, yeah. you plant but then when Sonata won the title, I thought, boy, they have to do Sonata versus Naito for all the Sonata stages Naito. at some point. Sonata Naito is a very yeah. big match potentially. And they've and they've teased it already. Yeah. So that's mm -hmm. so that's uh yeah. I mean they mm -hmm. definitely have it's it's not as obvious as, as most years. Yeah. They definitely have about you know four different options of ways yeah. to go, but you still gotta go with like I could see, man, do you go all the way with Sonata for the rest of the year, or do you have somebody yeah. knock off Sonata? Yeah. In which case, you don't. You maybe you put Sonata and Naito, but that's not the title match. Maybe you have, um, you know, maybe you have Osprey. Um, Osprey wins G one, and Okada wins over Sonata, and then you go with Okada and Osprey at the Tokyo Dome. Winner take all been, between the two titles. And yeah, that's been done. It's been done before, but it's also the guarantee of. You know that super match that you really yeah. want to headline Wrestle Kingdom. And last it's, it's, year they did the East the Eastern main event with uh, Okada and Jay White, and then they did the Will Ospreay and Kenny Omega. There's no reason why they couldn't do that again with Okada Omega, uh, Okada Osprey, sorry, and then Shingo Hanada uh, and Naito as another main event, just not for a title. There, or, there's enough history there. Or, or, um. You have uh, Osprey and Naito. Let's just well, no, because mm -hmm. they'd be. But you have, let's say you have Osprey and somebody uh, in one main event, and then the other main event is Okada and Omega. Yeah. I'd be into it. Yeah, and there's there's so because many ways. It's, for it's, it's years since they've had that match. Yeah, and and you know Okada is fascinating this year more than more than even usual because usually you figure he's either the champion or he's going to be the G one winner because he's going to main event the Tokyo. You know that, that like last year it was like he's winning this thing. This year, they could do so many things with him. We don't know when the, the uh, Brian Danielson rematch is. Tokyo Dome's not a bad spot for that. They could always build that makes, up. That, that actually makes that makes that makes a lot of sense. But we don't know. We don't know Brian Danielson right. And, and, right. and everything. I'd you like can always to, build up well, Shoto Umino. Shoto Umino has it out for him. And if they really wanted to build him, they could give him a, a grudge match against Okada there. There's Kiyomiya that you could mm -hmm. you could potentially put in there so yeah. more so than usual there are there are different avenues each of which is interesting for okada yeah yeah i mean if you go talk about omega danielson umino i think not the tokyo dome this year although certainly 
a year later, hopefully, hopefully we're there. And Kill Me, yes, too. So the, yeah, you had I think get three big ones, and of course Will Osprey um or naito you know i mean those were yeah there's all possibilities and you know you could you could end up with sonata and okada that's another you know possibility dave i want to thank you so much for giving uh so much of your time here today we're gonna wrap this up um you're welcome back here anytime obviously but uh (laughs) thank you again for taking time out of your day to talk new japan pro wrestling with us okay cool all right all right okay bye-bye